Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Phoenix Suns uh, 123-112 at Shea Center. And just to uh, quote uh, Gladiator, are you not entertained? (laughs) Uh, This was probably the Warriors' best start of the season. They just jumped all over the Suns, Clay Thompson. I mean, I said before, this is one dude who is definitely looking forward to this game. Obviously, if you remember those first two Suns games in Phoenix where Clay just was in his feelings, right? He was going through a lot of stuff. He had not played all summer. He wasn't in rhythm, didn't have his legs under him, was hearing all the chatter, and he <laughs> he was kind of a mess for those two games against the Suns, especially. And he was John with Booker. He was hunting shots, getting the Warriors out of their offense, all this stuff. There was just a lot of a lot of things going on. And even after the second game, actually, that was a game where the Warriors had a team meeting. The players did, and Draymond said some stuff, took a bit of a Leadership role, again, probably the first time he's really spoken up uh, at that point since he'd punched Poole in the face. Uh, But Clay was much better after that game. And even though he's had ups and downs since, he hit his stride towards the end of December. And for most of this year, this calendar year, he's he's been solid. And for me, I was like, he is definitely going to come out in this game and not necessarily hunt shots, but really, really beyond, especially being at home. He scored 33 points in the first half and what, he was like eight for 12 or something from three. He only ended up with 38 points, which is fine. You know, I mean, the Suns came back in this one, but Clay overall in 34 minutes, 14 of 23 from the field, eight of 14 from three, only two for five from the free throw line, which is which is kind of crazy. He had five boards, a steal, uh, like I said, 38 points plus four on the night. To me, this brings at least his story for the season full circle to some extent. Obviously, there's 13 more games left and knock on wood, a long postseason run. But for him to have all those doubters, all those people questioning him. And I always felt like he would get back to at least the shooting stroke, the sniper that he was before. I think he's gotten past that. I've said recently that he's looking closer to the 2019 all-around play, at least on the offensive end. Yes, he's a step slower on defense and in general, but part of that is injury and part of that is also just age, you know? So uh, it's great to see him at this point. It was just all about him kind of getting past these mental hurdles. And then also, like I said, getting his legs under him and then letting the game come to him. He started doing that and the rest is kind of recent history, you know? So uh, playing this well against the Suns, against Devin Booker, I think was very, very meaningful, at least on the surface, you know, but no matter what happens, this is a good sign just for Clay Thompson overall. Uh, Like I said, the Warriors, they had a big lead and then they coughed it up. (laughs) Uh, But, but ultimately they, you know, pulled it out. They won 
by a decent amount. It wasn't one of these crunch time things, nail biters, execution things where it could have gone either way. And I'll be honest, like we've seen two types of games from these Warriors this year, the ones where they get a lead and then they cough it up and lose and and don't close out, you know, and and on that five-game winning streak, recently they would start poorly and then catch up and then ultimately prevail, right? So it's like, can they put something end-to-end together? This wasn't necessarily end-to-end. They never gave up the lead once they had it, but, but at the very least, they started strong and then they finished strong that part in the middle you know third quarter they could they could work on that you know what i mean um but but slowly but surely maybe they're starting to figure some stuff out i know we've said that before but you know you got to keep believing with these guys to some extent right the big question obviously is will any of this travel and we keep saying, yeah, I think so. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. And you just keep your fingers crossed, right? And hopefully that they found something. You can make the argument that when Steph came back against the Lakers, he wasn't in rhythm and the team wasn't used to him yet. Guys had to kind of shift around in the roles. Maybe coming home, winning a couple games. Maybe all of that is more in sync. You know, I've talked about how this team this season has had problems just flipping the switch and willing itself to victory. And what I like about Steph is, especially in that Bucks game, especially in the Suns game, he looks determined. And I'll put my money on that. You know what I mean? I think that with him, I mean, that's where the magic of this team really, really comes from. So I will... You know, as some people have said to me, and I agree, like you won't fully count this team out until they're really, really, really eliminated. We may have doubts. We may look at the stats. We may look at the numbers, but, you know, we are cautiously optimistic until they prove it on the road. You know, bottom line, I think there's a lot of folks out there who have just rode with this team all season and we've seen the same patterns, right? They've won a couple, then they lose a couple, they look good at home, and then they can't translate that to the road. So once that happens, then we'll all feel a little bit more confident in where this team is going. This upcoming five-game road trip is going to be really, really, really telling. I mean, as good of a time as any to prove people wrong, to all of a sudden win some road games. And It's feasible because it's not like these guys had never won road games in their history before. They've won a ton, obviously. So this strange year, it's such an aberration. Like, what what is it? You know what I mean? Is it because the young guys are not as good on the road? Is it because the vets, they're just not feeling it? Is it because the coaching is a little bit uh, less creative, (laughs) less focused? But they're going to have a chance. And... On this five-game road trip, it's like, I want three and two. That is, at the very minimum, what I want, right? So they get the Clippers, they go to LA, then they go to Atlanta, play the Hawks, they go to Memphis to play the Grizzlies, then they go to Houston to play the Rockets, and then Dallas to play the Mavericks. So, you know, I think they can get three depending on which Warriors team shows up. Is it 
Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. You know what I mean? If they put their best foot forward, we know that they can compete with anyone. But if they look like they did those three previous games on the road, then it's going to be a little bit more of, you know, as I've said, deja vu all over again. So let's see how this all plays out. Uh, Jordan Poole, he had a good game. You know, he's caught a lot of flack and he's catching a lot of hate, which I think is unfair because we've seen that with other players, you know, like James Wiseman and stuff from uh, the Warriors fan base. And that's obviously wrong and messed up, but there is fair criticism of Jordan Poole. And in this one, you know, he played well. He came off the bench, played a chunk of minutes, 31 minutes, eight for 16, four for eight from the field, only got to the line once, 0 for 1, 6 assists, 1 board, plus 12, 20 points. So that's solid. You know, he was attacking. He was picking and choosing his spots. He's been being a little smarter. And this is step one, in my opinion, right? Because all season long, people have been like, he's not as good off the bench. I mean, the stats prove it, right? The counting stats. And so I think with him, if he can show that he can be this guy off the bench again, like he was last season into the playoffs and everything like that, then we're starting to see more of that guy. But again, he has to do it consistently, just like all these other dudes. And this whole team has to do it consistently. I mean, that's the thing about Poole, right? You know, he's proven a lot of people wrong. And this season, he's kind of settling into this weird spot where like he's shown flashes of, oh yeah, I can make good decisions. But the majority of his his games this year have been poor decisions, right? Poor uh, passing choices, poor shot selection, (laughs) poor decisions to dribble drive and then bounce it off his foot or his knee or his shin or his thigh. So those are the things. Can he be a better overall, smarter on the court player? Can he play better defense? Can he put that effort in? I mean, we saw a bunch of stuff on the road trip where he just wasn't so is there more to Jordan Poole, right? We know that he loves the big moment. We know he loves to entertain the crowd. You know, he loves to hit buzzer beaters and all that stuff and and prance around the court. And that's all fine and dandy, you know? That's fun. That's entertainment, you know? But can he do all the other little things consistently that matter? That's it. That's it, you know? And I think the doubts from people come from the fact that there's some decisions out there that are pretty obvious, you know, and that it seems like he doesn't learn from his mistakes. But I understand, and I've talked about this back and forth, like he's a young player, but he has a lot of responsibility. You know, he hasn't shown the improvement after signing that contract that takes effect after the season. But what can he do from here on out? Right. I said last episode, there's 14 games left and they're going to be some tough games because other teams are also vying for playoffs, for positioning, et cetera, et cetera. But right now the Warriors are one and oh, in those final 14, you know, so pool, just like everybody else has 13 games left to show what they can do to show that they are trying to win and trying to play winning basketball you know i mean and that's the thing you know like since jordan Poole has shown improvement the last few years it's been like 
what's his ceiling, right? I remember before the play-in where they lost to the Grizzlies. I remember that season after Jordan Poole played better after the G League stint. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> he could be like our version of Cameron Payne because Campaign was playing well off the bench for the Suns that year. And I thought, okay, Poole could be that, right? And then it became, oh, wow. He's kind of like a, a microwave off the bench, like Jordan Clarkson. And then it was like, oh, he's kind of like Jamal Crawford. And then, oh, CJ McCollum. You know, he could be that solid score in a bunch of different ways, crafty dude like CJ, right? And then it became like, oh, you know, if he really, really got there, like his ultimate ceiling could be Jamal Murray. You know what I mean? That's kind of a stretch right now, but it's interesting because people do have him slated as, oh, he could be like an all-star someday. I don't know if I've gone that far with him, you know, but uh, I put this out to you, actually. What do you think Jordan Poole's ceiling is? Who do you think is his best comp at this point? Do you think he's going to continue to be a volume 2000s era chucker, like a shooter who'll go for like, you know, nine for 25 and get 26 points in a game. You know what I mean? Or is he going to figure it out, learn how to control a game with the ball in his hands, learn how to get other guys involved at the right time? You know, I mean, we see Steph do that. Oftentimes, Steph in the first quarter, he won't shoot that much. He will get other guys' looks, get Clay going, get Wiggins going. And when Poole's out there, he'll try to get Poole going. And then he'll start getting his. Can Poole figure out how to really, really unlock some of these other skills that he might have? You know, we've seen it. We've seen a few games where he's done it, but can he really, really do it? So curious. Let me know in the comments or tweet at me or something like that. I'm just really, really curious what other people think at this point, especially after this one. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. I mean, come on. You got to pick one of those 512 upsets coming down the line. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Andre Godala. He looks like he's kind of getting more into uh, into shape, in rhythm, all that stuff. He played 16 minutes, two for three from the field, two for three from the line, two boards, three assists, one steal, plus 19, highest plus minus on the night for the Warriors, and six points. I mean, we know. I don't think anyone ever doubted that Andre Godala, what he has brought to the Warriors over the years, he can still bring in the sense that he's a ball handler. He's just brilliant on the court. Uh, he's savvy. Uh, he still has quick hands to to make steals when people bring the ball down. But 
it's always been the question of can he get on the court, right? We know last season he was out for a bunch, and then he made a cameo in one game for the playoffs. And then this season, they just the plan was just to shelve him until the second half of the season. We saw him play a few games and then, you know, a hip, a hip or a knee or something like that. So he's back now and they need him because they don't have, you know, Jonathan Kaminga. They don't have Anthony Lamb. They don't have Ty Jerome right now. Those two two-way guys, they are out of games <laughs> technically. And we'll see what happens in terms of who gets assigned. If either of them, I'm still assuming it's going to be Lamb, everybody's favorite. Uh, but if he can stay healthy, then that's something, right? That's another vet that comes off the bench. That's another vet who's a calming influence. That's another guy who can be on ball. That's another guy who plays better on the road because he's been there, right? He's 39 years old. So I'll take it. But that's, again, the biggest question. We'll see if he's still standing by the time the regular season is over. I hope so. But, you know, we've seen we've seen in his, I mean, basically his last two stints, which was the cameo in the playoffs last year and then the cameo earlier this season. So, you know, fingers crossed, but we'll take that one game at a time. At this point, the Warriors are for the third time, for the third time since the All-Star break in fifth place, technically. They have the same record as the sixth place Clippers, who again, they're playing on Wednesday in LA, uh, but the Warriors have the tiebreaker for now. So, hey, they're also one and a half games behind the Suns. So there is a chance. I mean, it's it's wild. Like it's just how stacked all these teams are together. They're also what two and a half games out of the eleventh spot and three games out of the twelfth spot. So things can change quickly. This road trip is really, really important. And I mean, I still think no matter what, the Warriors are going to sneak into the postseason somehow, some way whether it's in the sixth or fifth spot or if it's in the play-in. I just don't see them getting completely shut out. But again, we'll see how these next few games go. Looking at these, I mean, if they can get this Clippers game, that'll be huge because it just sets a very, very good tone. And I think they can, you know, again, take anybody at any given time. They can come after Atlanta. I can see them winning that. Memphis, you know, Jaw is still out. Steven Adams still out. Brandon Clark is out for a while without Achilles. And, you know, we know the Warriors didn't like how they looked last time. But again, it's in Memphis. That's a challenge right there, too. So I would assume they'd show up better. But then again, we've assumed they would show up better in a lot of other games this year. But it just hasn't happened. So in that Rockets game, that should be one they take. And then Dallas. Be interesting. First time seeing Dallas with Kyrie and, uh, you know, as these teams gear up for the postseason, get closer and closer to the end of the regular season, everybody's going to be a little bit more focused and trying a little bit harder as they figure out where everybody lands in the standings. Fun win, you know, like I said, super entertaining. And when <laughs> they've won lately, it has been entertaining, you know, and looking at some of the things that have bugged the Warriors this year, uh, they didn't foul more than the Suns. They had the same number of turnovers and they got out rebounded, but they also chucked up and hit a bunch of threes. 
the Warriors were 19 of 39 from three, which is 48, 49%. And the Suns were four of 21, 19%. (laughs) So they were good on that. The Warriors, they were 14 of 24, though, from the line, which is terrible, 58%. And then the Suns were 16 out of 22 for 72, 73%. So again, we'll see if this stuff travels and we'll see if they can get up for these road games the way they have for, you know, we've seen them get up for games that are quote unquote challenges, right? The Bucks game was a challenge, you know, Giannis wasn't there, but it was on national television. It was at home after three bad losses. And then the Suns game, you know, Clay was up for that. You know, they're always up for Chris Paul and they got it done ultimately, but can they bring it in some of these other games when they're not at Chase Center? That's the big question for this regular season. So anyway, that's all I got. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>